That is the ultimate test of Gemini. Yeah. Will you continue? Will you continue? Can you continue? Peter, Should are, we, you are we rolling? We are. Oh, that's incredible. I feel like I was listening to, and I don't want to get too in the weeds here, but I was listening to uh, Blank Check, which is a podcast you suggested to me. And they'll get into the chaos of it, and then all of a sudden they'll stop and be like, this is Blank Check with Griffin and David. Yeah. And so I kind of want to keep that same chaos, but I also <laughs> don't want people confused listening to this. Because I think about this podcast in a strange way in which I think it's a podcast that any person could listen to if they're into traveling and strange stories and comedy and politics and life and exploration. But at its core, you know, it is about a wrestler out here on the road and those pop-up questions are happening. I'm following more podcast accounts about kind of like why, why we're here and what we're doing. Mm -hmm. And in the, this is the problem is all these people like my stuff and all these people, Oh, I love your podcast. I love your intro. I love your moves. I love this. Everything I do is sort of selfishly for me. And this is no exception. Uh, I will be able to look back after my brain is cooked, fried, and I'm in my chair talking about, you remember WrestleMania? And I will still have these in-person moments where we have connected. And <laughs> Your grandkids are going to come and you're going to be I like, hope they're dogs. I, I went to the Mall of America this week. You remember week. <laughs> with Lex Luger at the Mall of America? It was oh, yes, different. they will be dogs. They only had three Claire's and now... They have five Claire's, <laughs> right? That's the that's the mentality I'm going into this with. So I'm glad there are other people enjoying it. I'm glad wrestling fans have found us. I'm glad people who aren't wrestling fans enjoy our strange style of storytelling, which has grown and evolved and flourished. And Peter, you actually, we'll get to this later in the podcast, but you were a part of my week that you're normally not a part of. Yes. So, you know, I think often since our early discussions about how everything is sort of its own ritual in a sense, and usually when I have someone change up the ritual of my streaming pattern, which is why people are like, we should be on the stream together. We should play games together on the stream. I don't like it. I don't like when there's there's like a little change in things usually, but you were there and I felt none of that uh chaos pressure you know oh, i what love I mean? that yeah. usually if there's someone next to me i'm like oh, i don't know what, uh, what do you want to do but it was very casual and it felt like we were just watching wrestling and that was very nice if you haven't seen it it is up on the replay i'm pretty sure i may have to add it to the replay i used to put every twitch stream just immediately to replay and then i realized like you should go through and make sure everything you said in there is okay because you were just rambling for four hours with no one editing it it gets a little different uh, but I did do a lot of traveling this weekend, and I got to say, I'm here right now with Lucy licking me, and I love that. I actually enjoy when dogs care enough to lick. But one thing I think I'm over as we enter the end of the year, I'm over traveling right now. Yeah. I'm over it. And here's the problem. I've agreed to travel again this weekend. Oh, no. To make my parents' Christmas wish come true. I called my dad, though. I said, Dad, uh, can I... Can I come visit you on Christmas? What's, what's the Jonathan Taylor Thomas movie? I'll be home for Christmas. I'll be home for Christmas. Yeah. That was, I got asked on a Patreon subscription thing for uh, Matt Cardona's people with, and I'm trying to remember, Captain Joe's Shoes. He was interviewing me for their Patreon and he asked me who my childhood crush was or like who my first celebrity crush was. And it was Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Yeah. You know, and that's in the stage of being a young gay man where you're like, all right, I'm nine years old. Do I want to be this person's best friend or do I want to like put my mouth on their ears? And you don't really know the difference. So it was sort of just like, who are you looking up to at the time? Turns out you wanted to date him. 
even though you were both right. children and had no concept of this. So it was nice to know because he was like, fast answers don't think about it. I knew I was into Jonathan Taylor Thomas. I knew I was not into his brother. Yeah, his brother's a douche, man. Yeah. But also like now as an adult, you know, you kind of think about those two brothers, where they would be at if they were grown now. And, you know, Jonathan Taylor Thomas would like occasionally be able to slip out to his garage while his wife was asleep. But the brother would probably be like, yeah, and you want to like do some lines too and we'll get real weird. You just feel like there's a there's a utility for both. <laughs> the sneaking to the garage thing has never happened to me personally. <laughs> that look. Yeah, there was a look. Listen, when you're young in this world, you try different things. Um, I spent a lot of time traveling and I had a very bizarre weekend, Peter. And I don't think I put over like just the bizarreness of the synchronicities this weekend. And people are like, you know what? I'd love that podcast if they stopped talking about the planetary access. But I'm sorry, folks. As as much as I've paid attention to things, this is where I'm sort of... Uh, I was forced into a Jupiter Cancer reflection period. Is mm-hmm. that how I say it? Yeah. How would you say it? If I was like, why am I? Why is there so much reflection in this period? Why am I being reminded so much of different facets of my uh, skills and job set? Uh, Jupiter is switching signs at the moment. It just moved from Pisces into Aries. And so where Jupiter is in your chart is going to be activated as it switches tonality. I felt the switch and I felt it roll through, but we're going to get into some weird moments where some of it you're like, all right, that's weird. And then some of it you're like, he could be making that weirder through his word use. I'm not, this is, this is how it happened is how it went down. Now I kind of had a weird situation where I knew even though I'm gone for three days this weekend, there's kind of a weird switch in the middle because I was flying to and from Los Angeles, which is a hell of a flight with the time changes. I do it all the time. Uh, But I was also driving to a show that Sunday. So I was returning home, getting a rest, getting back in the car. Uh, But all of that is, it's going to take a second to get there because Friday I started and I had to fly through Las Vegas and so I got to the airport at like 5 a.m., which is still too late for a 5.30 flight, but I made it through. Got to Las Vegas, and Las Vegas Airport, you've never been to McCarran, have you? No. It's bizarre because it is right next to the Strip, so you can see all of the casinos. You can see all of the like signage for David Copperfield. You was that see... that weird black and white photo that yes. you took? Those I was creepy... fascinated by it. Yes. I Are you enjoying your like... new phone? Oh, dude, uh, this phone, hold up. This is incredible. I can connect to Bluetooth now. Used to be if my phone gets too far away from my headphones, I can't listen. So I would have to be at the gym like this or my phone wouldn't work. I'd be like, yeah. And they're like, why don't you put it down? You have headphones. And I'm like, it's going to unconnect. Or like it would disconnect from Wi-Fi occasionally. Or it would do if I hook up the Bluetooth in the car, it would just like skip through tracks crazily. And now I have a camera. I have uh, new apps. They're tracking me even better now. Mm-hmm. I love the new phone. There's another Patreon video going up today that I think I, I'm wor- I'm a little worried, Peter, because ever since you said my editing and timing was hilarious, now I think about it, and I don't think I should be thinking about it. You shouldn't be thinking about it. I don't it. need to think about it, because literally, these Patreon videos, for some people, this is going to be a turnoff. For some people, they're going to be like, I don't know, this sounds crazy. It's literally me ripping my phone out when I see things, shooting it, and then I throw it together with no editing. It's just like, here's the thing. And so it'll be just a weird mix of clips. If you're on the Patreon, you know these videos are chaos. Uh, The longest one was the Tokyo video at 35 minutes. And second to that, as far as content goes, we have released something to the public, which is Weekend at Benny's. And he roasted my ass. When I explained to him 
that his podcast would be going up on the Patreon for the patrons who pay for the podcast. Uh-huh. He was like, so my friends can't listen to it. And I was like, they'll be, we're going to put it up publicly. They can listen to it. We're going to get it up there. Peter, last night you threw it up. It's doing numbers. It, this might not be your podcast for too I much I think longer. it's done. I think it's over. And I think you're still going to hear about Effie, but only from the perspective of my partner who doesn't quite understand what's going on. Like, especially if there's certain times where I have to be gone longer than others, I will try to sell the importance of why I need to be gone. Uh-huh. Doesn't work. <laughs> doesn't, there's no importance to him. He's just like, you're gone. I get it. I'm walking the dogs. Sort of magic in that sense. I got to McCarran. And in McCarran, you can gamble. Should you? In the airport? Yeah, you should never gamble in McCarran. I know this. I know this as someone who's been going to McCarran Airport since I was 15 years old, or earlier maybe. Don't gamble in McCarran Airport. It's not going to work out well for you. What did I do? I gambled in McCarran. And here's why, Peter. In the day and age where we live, occasionally if you're flying a Frontier or a Spirit flight where they're using these older planes, you'll still see the thing that says no smoking. And you're going like, when is this from? Yeah, we used to be able to smoke in the airports, okay, and in the airplanes, but now it's been limited. And back in the day, the Charlotte airport had a great smoking section, and no one in there that was smoking wasn't an employee of the airport or me with a weed pen. And you could get high in Charlotte. It was fantastic. They had those rocking chairs. But now I said, this is probably the last free bastion of smoking in American airports. They have rooms with slot machines where you can just smoke cigarettes and play slots. So really, you're kind of playing a... Uh, a high hand on getting in there to do the smoking because you do have to be gambling while you're in the smoking room. But I say, you know what? Fuck it. I'm throwing in a 20 and I'm going to smoke this cigarette in the airport, in the middle of the airport. Guess when the last country to ban smoking on flights was. It couldn't have been that long ago, right? 2016 and it was China. Yo, a lot. We listen, in America, we think China is doing a lot of bad stuff. But let me be clear. Some of the stuff they're doing, pretty good. Bring it back, China. Bring back smoking on airplanes. We didn't ban it here till 2000. You know, that all kind of times up with George Bush's plan to send us into a chaotic 20-year run. I thought it was, I think it was the New Yorker or one of the magazines did a nepotism special. Yeah. And I didn't see George W. Bush in there, you know? Dad, I think I could do it. I think I could be the president. Don't you think? As long as you stay next to Dick Cheney, I think you'll be okay. Yes. I always thought of those two as pinky in the brain. You yeah. Know, where he's like, what are we going to do tonight, Dick? I don't know what we're going to do. What are we going to do? The same thing your father and I did every night. Plan to destroy the Middle East and ruin peace for this earth to create nuclear holocaust. Well, hell, that doesn't sound very fun. I was thinking we could get a model plane or something. Have you ever played Mario Kart? And I think that's how Dick Cheney kind of ran the country for an eight-year period. Very rough times. Do you know about um, who was uh, OG... Bush's wife? Uh, Barbara Bush. Barbara Bush. Yeah. Barbara Bush wrote a book that is basically a smokescreen for suspicious dates connected to... So um, she, they were like, we need you to fill these dates. And she's yeah, like, I like, could tell a story. Because it's it's all like when you look at it, you go, yeah, this is when he was supposed to have been doing something with the CIA. And apparently he was on vacation with his wife. Yeah, having a beautiful time water yeah, skiing. Exactly. H.W. got up on a single ski. <laughs> he could barefoot ski there for about 20 seconds. It's just so funny to me that you <laughs> get your wife to like <laughs> publish out alibis for you well i mean coming out of the previous term of ronald reagan and nancy reagan she was covering up some dates too but her dates were with men that she was sucking off 
that's uh that's that's historical fact. I can't really. So I mean, honestly, we've we've grown because you go from Nancy Reagan writing a book to cover up when she was just sucking everybody's dick, and then you've got Barbara saying like, "Well, we can't let them know what you were up to." So it's really like the wife role switches a little bit, but they're still covering up the secrets. Ronald Reagan was a cuck. Ronald Reagan was also using his wife to talk to an astrologer to give him dates for things, which is why if you look at the press releases during his presidency, a lot of them happen at like 1234, So he's really paying attention to the minutes. Yeah. Well, let me just say this. It, if his goal was to fuck the whole country up for a 50-year period, that astrologer filled him right in. I, he was was a, he just like, what's the worst yeah. case? What do we do? He was effective, unfortunately. Ugh. Guys, don't just... If anybody is wearing that Reagan Bush shirt at the, at the gym, I see it all the time still, don't ever talk to that person. Not only are they uninformed and, and refuse to do further research, they also think it's funny that it makes you mad. Don't interact with this person. Leave them alone. There's nothing funny about what they did to our nation. That's why we're going to roast the women that stayed with them for so long because they were just as addicted to the power. Fuck Reagan. Fuck Bush. Fuck nepotism. It will always be there. What we have to do is trick the nepotism babies into going to prison. It's not going to be hard. We're going to trick the nepotism babies into going to prison. We're going to make it sound like the cool thing. And Don Johnson's not going to be able to bail his daughter out. Sorry, Dakota. We're over it. We're sick of it. Wait, what? Don Johnson's Dakota Johnson's dad. Oh, my God. Right. I know. I, yeah. I hate this plan. Yeah. And Jack Quaid. Yeah. That's a, who is that? Is that a Meg? Is that a Meg Ryan? Dennis Quaid baby? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, sick yeah. Of it. I'm sick of it. That's crazy. Let me tell you a secret, okay? It's hard to get a, an agent in Hollywood right now if you don't have the last name of Quaid. So let him know. Effie Quaid is ready to do some <laughs> fucking films. Look at this. Here's my acting. You ready? This is me finding out my son skipped school. Dang it. Again, Ronnie? You skipped school? How was that? <laughs> that was great. We're going to be throwing in some uh, tryouts here. You ever heard my Owen Wilson? Wow. <laughs> is it horrible? No, I love it. Wow. Uh, that, that could be fun. Uh, I'm in the, I, I, is it unreasonable for me to expect that every time I do, wow, everyone should know exactly what it is. That's who it is. Here's a celebrity impression we're about to get to, but first I have to tell this story and this is where people go. I don't know if he's telling this is as accurate as it is. Cause it's, you know, like you tell a story a few times, it gets a little better than it was. Yeah. I'm at the ATM cause I wasn't carrying cash, which is number one mistake of gambling in McCarran. I pull out my money. And I think to myself, wait, Brett told me Dark Sheik was on my flight. Where is Dark Sheik? And I swear to God, I look up and Sam is walking down the hallway towards me. Hasn't even noticed I'm there yet. And I was like, oh my God, Dark Sheik, Dark Sheik. She's like, what? And I was like, what flight are you on? She's like, we're boarding right now. I was like, I'm not boarding right now. Her flight was at 8.15. My flight got in at 7 and then didn't take off till 10. Why was I not on the 8.15 flight Weird. of the same exact uh, airline to get over? Either way. I hung out in McCarran for a while. But all of this timing makes sense. I feel like, oh my God, I just made Dark Sheik appear. I wasn't thinking too weirdly about it. I get to LAX, and I'm picking up a rental car because Ubering around LAX is the stupidest thing you can do. It costs just as much to take one Uber from LAX to the venue as it does for me to rent a car. Honest to God. Yeah. So I go to rent the car, and I have to pick up Commander. 
Now, Commander is one of the premier high-flying luchadors of the day. He's on everyone's radar. He's wrestling in Japan. He's wrestling in Mexico. He's wrestling in America. And he is so freaking nice to me. He's just the sweetest little man. He's so nice. He's just built for destruction. And he does the cra- he does the tightrope walk on the top of the... Ra- like, it's just Ooh. the most incredible physical stuff. And I'm like... Is that, like, really hard to do? He's been doing it since he was a child. Like, he's been so around he, wrestling So range. he's just as it's comfortable walking on that as he is on the ground. Yeah, if you went to see somebody at the circus and they were standing on the tightrope and they do the, like, I'm pretending to fall thing... He's, he's even said to me before, he goes, you like when I pretend to fall? And I was like, no, it scares me, bro. Like, it scares me. But we went on the, uh, I'm looking for him because I'm about to skip a crucial moment if I don't stay here. I'm looking for Commander. Now, Commander, he's not wearing his mask, so it's a little harder to spot him. He's a little easier to spot when you're like, there's the man in the shiny vinyl mask. <laughs> right. So I'm really looking, though, and I'm standing outside of LAX, term five, and I make eye contact with someone. And it takes me one second, and I go, Oh, holy fuck. That's Bill Murray. Bill Murray of Space Jam and Ghostbusters and, dare I say, Lost in Translation and Caddyshack. All the movies of our youth, okay? Mm. And even beyond that, before we were youth, when we were just semen in a ball sack waiting to be part of this culture that included Bill Murray. He's been there my whole life and before it. Groundhog Day? Are you fucking kidding me? Oh, my God. Now, here's what I want to say. I saw the greatest acting performance ever done by Bill Murray right in front of me, as if I were the only audience member of a huge stage show. Here's how it went. I made eye contact with Bill Murray. He's about 10 feet from me, okay? We're both waiting for for the cars. And as I reach for my phone when we make eye contact, he also reaches for his phone. Bill Murray takes the fakest phone call I've ever seen. I'm out here, I'm out here, and then proceeds to start backing into the bus lane, on the phone, looking at me while buses are coming. Just backing through the bus lane, gets to the other side, and I'm going, I'm trying to get a picture. Because I'm like, I don't give a fuck at this point. People take pictures of Bill Murray. Disappears. And I'm like, no one's going to believe me. The only picture I got is this fucking behind the head of an old man. Does Effie just think all old people are Bill Murray? Does he think we're going to fall for this fucking trick? Well, thank God. He starts walking back the other way across the lane. And I get a couple shots of him, which will be on the Patreon video. Patreon.com slash Weekend at Effie's. Going up later today. Then, I confirm it was it was it's Bill, Murray. Bill Murray. It is not like the blue elephant that I hallucinated on your stream the other night. Whoa, you hallucinated a blue elephant? Yeah, remember we asked everyone if they saw the blue elephant and everyone was like, no, no blue elephant. And I was like, okay. Peter, I think you saw the blue elephant. I don't doubt this, but I didn't see the blue elephant. Ganesha? Is yes. That, is that yeah, her name? Ganesh. Yeah. Ganesh? Ganesha. Whatever. Ganesha sounds cuter, Everything, though. however you want to say it. However I say good. it. Well, hopefully she was protecting us in our time of need. Mm-hmm. We had a blessed time on the stream, Monday Night Raw, every Monday at 8 p.m. There's nothing else going on there wrestling-related uh, at that time, except for, you know, the big show. But who's watching that? Um, Bill Murray then continues his fake phone call as I watch, looking for Commander still, goes in to get a to get a piece of luggage while still pretending to be on the phone, ball cap down. People are still bothering him though. And he's just waving the phone and then escapes disappears. It was incredible. No one will ever believe you. That's the phrase, right? Mm-hmm. You give the Bill Murray story and then you go, no one will ever believe you. I hope you believe me, but I don't really give a shit if you do. Cause I made eye contact with Bill Murray and it filled me with warmth, but it was also this look of like, wait a second. Here's this human being who's provided so many so many moments of joy in so many people's lives. And he still has to go wait for his luggage at LAX and deal with people recognizing him. 
and still has to live in that moment. It was kind of a reflection there of like, listen, you will always be Effie, but you will also always be Taylor and you will still have to exist in the real world. Mm -hmm. There is no magical guardrail that keeps me from going over there and dealing with Anne Hathaway. But my my societal skills ask that I not create a scenario that would require the cops to set in. You know what I mean? Which so this is why I am pro how Bill Murray is doing and anti how Anne Hathaway is doing it. Because I feel like she would have a hard time like moving and navigating through the world. Right. Whereas Bill Murray has made it his game to navigate. If I had to wait for three or four people who are going to have to walk around with me to protect me at all times, I'm always ready to go before anyone else. Bill Murray might as well be like a double secret agent running through the world, even though it's like not something that has a bunch of stakes that he's doing, but he does have like a secret identity that is his identity. Like, yeah, and he's and trying to pass that off At least off he kind of comes across as an everyman in a lot of the films. Yeah. It's not like it's Leonardo DiCaprio and I'm supposed to believe, you know, he's this A-list Hollywood stud or whatever, you know, who only dates 24-year-olds. Like, Leonardo DiCaprio doesn't have sex without listening to a podcast while it's happening. That's <laughs> that's very detached from reality. That is detached from reality. <laughs> I'm sh- I don't think Bill Murray fucks with headphones on, though. I don't really I also think, think like, about him. Thinking. I don't think they realize the power. He probably does fuck with headphones on, let's be real. Um, I don't think he realized that you realized the power of like, he could have looked at me and been like, go fuck yourself, you little prick. And I would have told people that and they'd be like, that's fucking hilarious. And I think if Anne Hathaway owned that and was like, oh, I was, Anne Hathaway was really mean to me and people, it would be hilarious if she was like, if Anne Hathaway told me to fuck off when I was like, Hey, Anne Hathaway. And she said, fuck off. Be hilarious. It would not affect her reputation even a tiny bit. You know, uh, is it Christopher McDonald that played Shooter McGavin in... Uh... Is that... I don't know his real name. I know Shooter McGavin. Yeah, I, I was... <laughs> so he gets... So there's all these stories of him getting called Shooter when he's out in public. Right. And apparently he's he will just be like a giant dick about it. And then he'll flip back around and like do the finger guns at him and be like, gotcha. And so he's like literally doing the shooter character with people. If you want shooter, I'll give you shooter. Exactly. Oh my God. That's like when people used to throw toilet paper at MJF. Except for he would never give him the wink afterwards. You would just Mm -hmm. let it affect him emotionally. Uh, I hope he's okay. He's our champion right now. You know that? The world champion. He came up on the Mark Marin podcast, and I freaked out. We talked about that already on the podcast. Yeah. I'm, I'm repeating myself here, but I'm preparing. So I eventually find Commander, and I go, Commander. And this is where you start to think about, like, I've wrestled in Japan and Canada and the UK, and I'm still a very much so regional known star in that sense. And I was like, Commander, I just saw Bill Murray. And he goes... I don't know. <laughs> and so here I am talking about like, this is, I mean, like he's a staple of American comedy and he's like, I don't fucking know who you're talking about. What is it? Are we going to get the car? So eventually we go get the car. Uh, I want to shout out national. I'm now an Emerald club member. You just walk up and get in the car. You just leave. It's incredible. It made me feel like a celebrity like Bill Murray. Either way, I want you to know that when you're in Los Angeles, the majority of the time when I'm in Los Angeles is spent in El Segundo driving people around to hotels. Most people would be like, Effie, you're a major star. Why would you do that? Turns out when you work in logistics for a really long time, if you see poor logistical situations, especially in this kind of workload, I have to go deal with it. Yeah, It can't be like there's people stranded all around. There's this. And it's part of why I get the rental car. The rental car. Because if I'm hearing from people, because they know, Effie knows what's going on. So there's people texting me like, I'm getting in, I'm here, I need to get to this place. 
I'm immediately either going to be stressed out about it or on top of it. I've chosen the less stressful path of being on top of it. We get everybody checked in. We go. We head to the Ukrainian Cultural Center. Now, on this very night, I'm going to be fighting one Charles Mason. He's been attacking Alley Catch. He's been attacking me in the arena. And now in uh, the West Coast, in the Ukrainian Cultural Center, I have him one-on-one. Now, I didn't think Alley was going to be there. I didn't think I would have any backup. Second time of summoning someone, me and Jimmy Lloyd are walking up to the store. I'm going to get a cheeseburger. And I think to Jimmy Lloyd, I say it out loud, I go, Jimmy, where the fuck is Allie Catch? Why isn't she on this show? And then lo and behold, I look up and who is blazing down the street on a fucking electric scooter, but Allie Catch. And I go, what the fuck? And she goes, sister. And we meet. And I was like, what are you doing? And she's like, I wasn't going to let you do this alone. So I know in the back of my head, I've got her here, but I think I summoned her accidentally to California. Uh, I'm sure Dark Sheik was still coming to the airport. Like, that's kind of coincidence. But then Bill Murray and then making uh, making Allie Catch appear, pretty weird day so far. Yeah. Now, I get to the venue, and I talk to Brad, and he's like, hey, they're almost here with the snakes. <laughs> and I go, what? And they go, Joey is filming a show, a reptile show, a reality reptile show for a certain channel, uh, and he's going to be entering tonight with a python. He's going to be making his entrance. Joey Janela. Is it for Paramount? I was I, just trying to think of a random It's even more service. random than you think, uh, but shout out Weird Al. And that, that'll oh, put is it together it now. It's not Quibi. You're close, though. Okay. It's not Freebie. What's the other one? Uh, Tubi, Tubi? Freebie. No, it's a different one. Hey, y'all. Go on Tubi. Watch a movie called Don Peyote. I have not seen it, but apparently it has two minutes of Anne Hathaway smoking cigarettes and wearing a clown nose and a hallucination. I'm really fascinated by this. When you said Don Peyote, I thought of another movie where they did Peyote, uh, but I don't remember the exact title of it, but it was not Don Peyote, but good for Anne Hathaway. I saw the images of that. Very... Very scary look for Anne Hathaway. I would let her be my mommy while she smokes a cigarette like that with that eyeliner yeah. leaking down. You just made the funniest face I've ever seen. I wasn't expecting <laughs> I would let her be my mommy. Wrestling is pansexual occasionally. <laughs> That's the new website. Just go to wrestlingis.pansexual occasionally and get your wrestling is occasionally on the Kenzie scale where you wouldn't expect it. Fans. And your wrestling is gay, but only throughout college and occasionally in my 40s when I'm on work trips, t-shirts. Is that more subtle? This it's You know those Facebook like AI-generated t-shirts oh God, where it'll be like really specific details yeah. about your life? Like I got one that was like, there's never been anything more badass than a Kenyan born in January. I like that one. I like the ones that admit the guy's a cuck, though, that's like... Uh, if you think if you think I'm a tough February baby with a love for automotive, then wait till you meet my wife. And if you mess with her, she's gonna break your spine because she's a Sagittarius that was somehow born in in February, and it doesn't make sense, but she holds to her sign. And it's all just like the crumpledest little like 17 yeah. different fonts. Yeah. I love it. I'm yeah. into it. Maybe we make specific FE shirts. <laughs> Either way, thank you all for ordering uh, Wrestling is Gay fans. I still have Wrestling is Gay fans left. They will be at the live shows. Wrestling is dot gay. That's what you actually physically type into the, the URL browser bar to get to the website. Wrestling is Gay. Football is Gay is out there too, but that one doesn't do as much business because I don't promote it, but it is funny. And I also own the website sportsr.gay because they fucking are. Uh, wrestling is gay. I hope you're getting your fans before Christmas. I sent a bunch of them out yesterday too. I want to make sure they get to people on time. I couldn't promise they'd get there before Christmas 
Because you just don't know with the freight. No. But they did. And what a fucking miracle it is. I want to say this. This is of no uh, fault to anyone. As far as live events go, this was my lowest merchandise week of the year for live events. Now, why was that? We'll get to a little bit of that. In Los Angeles, when our show is live at 8 p.m., which if we did it any later, nobody on the East Coast would be able to watch. It's 11 p.m. start time. Los Angeles isn't known for being there on time. And so a lot of the people get in there by about 8.20. So I was out there trying to sell merch at 7, and it was the hardcore fans. I was like, y'all have already bought everything. I see all of your names on the address list. Like, you've already purchased these items. So no loss, but I was like, oh, I'll do okay in North Carolina Sunday. Turns out, uh, right before Christmas, not the time you have a lot of extra just spending money to go around. I don't blame any of you. I talked to my dad, though. It was his birthday yesterday, and I was like, yeah, you know, like December. It's a little, It's always a little tighter in December, you know, whatever, and he's like, the whole economy is about to crumble under. You can buy a house in two years. And like, he's not like a shaman by any means, but I think I'm going to buy a house in two years. I trust Billy on this. I'm going to chill. We're good. Financial strain is not something that I'm going to let eat into my soul. And once we get through January, we're back in business. Now, part of it is in December, I've taken two weekends off. I took one weekend off to have Christmas time with my beautiful partner. I'm taking next weekend off because it's Christmas. I'm going to go see my mother, my grandmother, hopefully my dad. He's like, I'm going to the beach, dude. I'm like, all right, have fun. Um, Back to where we were, though. The show is starting. Now, Joey is filming earlier with this, doing the reality show. And he had, he had filmed himself uh, feeding gators. He had uh, had people, you know, discuss what wrestling is around the ring. And so to watch the, uh, the eyes widen on this film crew that was following him around that does a lot of shoots. And I talked to the guys after and they said, yeah, I mean, we do probably, you know, 50 shows a year or whatever. Like different types of shows, all types of things. These are guys that just go reality show to reality show and film it. And they were really fascinated by the fact that we do this and they couldn't really understand it. And we were really fascinated by the fact that there's a giant fucking snake in a tote and they're real cool about it at one point, And this is, I'm, I'm looking forward to the collective in Los Angeles very much so, but also the locker room is one of the worst locker rooms in America because there is no, uh, coverage up. You're right in an alley. So I bumped into this tote and I was like, Oh, sorry. I bumped into the tote. And they were like, it's okay. The snake doesn't mind. And I was like, what? And I thought it was just like a snake. It was not just a snake. This snake was like, this is like a 12 foot long snake that was as thick as Joey's thighs. This snake was massive. And Joey said that one of the snakes he was holding, it like secreted this stuff on him that the snakes sometimes do. And they were like, oh, it won't do it again. And then it did it again. And he was like, I don't want that kind of snake. So they got him a different, like a big python to come out with. I just want to say, since Britney Spears, I've not been so enthralled by a hypnotic snake as the one that was hanging on Joey Janela's neck. It was beautiful. What a magic creature. Yeah. I wanted to get nowhere near it. Yeah. I like a little snake. You hold a little snake in your hands. It might bite you. This snake could crush my body and eat it alive. Yeah. I, I had no question of like, oh, no, I could fit inside of that snake if it wanted to. Mm -hmm. They can unhinge their jaws and all that. You remember, uh, you remember when Harry Potter talked to the snake about his gender dysphoria? Sorry, we should. We gotta be. We gotta be nice, right? No, we don't. No, Fuck we J.K. Don't. Rowling. Fucking yeah, I bitch. do. I do remember that. Scene. I saw her in the fucking airport, J.K. Rowling, because she has a new children's book, and it took everything in my heart not to old lady Karen and just turn every book around. But I was like, what am I really helping with? What am I really doing here? Don't buy that fucking book. Fuck her. Don't buy the video game either. You know what, Peter? Video game looks sick. Guess what? You're not getting a dollar from me, you fools. 
You're not going to trick me into that because guess what? You know what I remembered? That once they master a video game, they're going to make another one just like it that doesn't involve your fucking IP. We will crush you. This is true. You know? You're telling me there's not going to be an Elden Ring single that uses the same sort of like vibe on that? Dungeons scare me. Like Diablo 3 was a lot for me. And so like when I'm in games that there's just darkness all the time, sometimes that's too much. Sometimes I need bright, happy games like Fall Guys. I played Fall Guys last night. I've never won Fall Guys. I've always come very close, but just continually getting frustrated while it's very bright and neon works for me. But if I'm continually getting frustrated in a dungeon, I start to get both frustrated, scared, and like nervous. I it's I know it's a video game, but it doesn't it doesn't feel right to me. I don't know. So I have my match with Chuck Mason, and it's going pretty well. Now the ring the ring broke part of the way through the show, so we went into the ring with two ropes. And I was like, we'll be fine. <laughs> Two ropes. Two ropes was not the reason I wasn't fine, but I was not fine. I have this match with Chuck Mason, and it gets to a point of crescendo. And thank God, as predicted, Alley Catch came out. I said, only come out if I really need you. Well, he had a Garrett wire around my throat and was about to... Is it Garrett or Garrett? Garrett? I think it's Garrett. I've heard it both ways. I'm going to say Garate. Do you study with the Garate? We're learning. Either way, he had a wire around my throat, and Allie said, this is probably the right time to run out. So Allie comes out, bips him, bips the box boy who was there a few times, and we're like, we got him. We got this, dude. We're going to punish this dude. He's been punishing us. You know, Bussy, we're not baby faces in the sense that we won't seek revenge and uh, seek the impunity for your crimes and make you suffer for them. You know, we're, we're a little more along the lines of, like, cut your hand off when you steal. Bussy wants you to feel the consequence of messing with Bussy. And so we're about to destroy this man. We gave him a 3D, which is... Or Garut. Garot or Garut? Wait, Garut was in... Or Garut. Garut was in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, we're going yeah. with Garut. So he had a Garut. <laughs> and we're about to kick his ass. And then what looks to be a giant beat poet in a scary mask comes out. And I'm like, hang on. Well, before I know it, I'm being lifted into the air with my bussy sister. We're being slammed to the ground. And Charles Mason, it turns out, has hired Big Gay Pero to come fuck with me. And I'm sick of it. Now, people are looking at me going, Effie, we don't believe it, because you've booked him on every one of your gay brunches. Well, let me make something perfectly fucking clear. If I don't put him somewhere on the gay brunch, he's going to show up and just attack me anyway. So if I can distract him with something else that he thinks is his real enemy, he won't come after me. Well, that's until Chuck Mason gives him, what, $25 and tells him to come over and beat my ass. Of course he's going to do it. He fucking hates me. Then he reveals himself, and I'm like, oh, it's Pero. He He blonded his hair. He has blonde hair. Peter, you look like you had a question. What... He seems to genuinely not like you. I think he doesn't like me. And here's why. Let me make this clear. There was a a time when it was, when coming out was dangerous and scary. And Pero led, you know, a pretty good charge on coming out and creating that environment. But Pero also was of the mindset that to, to be a gay man in this industry, you also have to appear as tough as possible. And I think he is just tough as possible. But for me, I came in and I was like, I'm gay. And if you don't like it, I'm going to ruin your life and prank you. And to have the playfulness of like, yeah, I'm gay. I don't give a fuck. Instead of having to be like, you're going to honor us and you're going to put us in your locker rooms. People are so scared of being roasted, much like the dude with a boner in the sauna by those teens, that they just they were shamed enough to just let me do whatever I wanted. 
And I think that there's a jealousy there of like, oh, I didn't even have to be extra tough. I didn't even have to be extra cool. Guess what? I could have just been my authentic asshole self that isn't as mean. And so now he wants to use that meanness on me because uh, I think Billy Corgan made him sad. Billy Corgan makes us all sad. Yeah. I want to say this again about Billy Corgan. Um, He is a prime reason our country is falling into destruction. Every time I'm at the gym, they've got on all the channels, all the news channels and that big piece of shit. The Funkasaurus Tyrus is there with his NWA championship, just giving off the most uninformed, uneducated fucking thoughts and every old person at home's like, well, the world champion seems to think it's a problem, so it must be. When in reality, the NWA championship means less than me patting you on the back and telling you you did a good job in wrestling. Let me be clear, that will go much further. A compliment from Effie will do more for your career than the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship in the year 2022. Billy Corgan, go fuck yourself. Pero, go fuck yourself. Tyrus, go fuck yourself. Uh, who's the, who's the, oh yeah, Tucker Carlson, go fuck yourself. Mm-hmm. Bowtie bitch. <sighs> Sorry, I got fired up. You know, he used to just follow the Grateful Dead around. A fucking course he did, dude. Look at those Alabama bangs. You know, you know, you know the guy I'm yeah. talking about who's like, I mean, yeah. sometimes we do LSD, but also like, I but voted for we w. do whippets. Yeah. Y'all like whippets? <laughs> oh my God. Don't just fuck off with the whippets. I'm not. My brain is destroyed by chair shots. Thank you very much. I don't need whippets to do that. I didn't realize whippets are laughing gas. Yeah. But I mean, continual uh, deprivation of oxygen in your brain does not do well over time. Flooding your body and mind and blood content with nitrous oxide is not always the best way to stay alive. Just be careful. One time I was partying with a senator's nephew and he did a bunch of whippets and passed out on the floor convulsing. And I was like, what do we do? And my friend was like, I don't know, but get him out of here. (laughs) It was a dark time. He didn't die. He was fine. He's like a mountain person now. It's cool. But yeah, I mean, if you're related to politicians, you're probably going to end up doing some whippets. Yeah. It's it's a tough road. I get it now. I've reflected more on it. I understand why you were doing it. You're acting out. You're getting their attention. Who's you know? your, I was going to ask you this earlier. Who's your favorite Nepo baby? My favorite Nepo baby? Yeah. Oh, man. It's Nicolas Cage. <gasps> you are a beautiful human being. I know. It's, it's crazy how things slash in. Uh, so last <laughs> night, uh, working at the vape store, yep. movie production guy comes in. I start talking to him. I immediately am just like, me on a movie set. And he was like, oh, how did you know? I'm like, I know. <laughs> I was on a movie yeah. set. Um, and so he's telling me that Francis Ford Coppola is shooting his final film in Atlanta right now. What? Yes. Is it about his winery? No. This was... Uh, movie people that know more about this than I do can correct me on this, but I do believe this was something that he was trying to make a really long time ago. And I think maybe like 9-11 stopped him at okay. some point or something. But he's saying, I've got to get this one out of my system yeah, or I'm never going to feel complete. This is basically the last We got to do go some around. research. Yeah. Francis Ford Coppola here in town shooting the, is he the grandfather or the uncle of Nick Cage? I want to say he's got to be the uncle of Nick Cage if he's still alive. Yeah, I think. But Nick Cage is a Coppola. Along with Sophia Coppola, who did Lost in Translation Uh with Bill Murray Uh and Scarlett Johansson. 
It's all connecting here, my friend. Uh, so oh, he was oh. tell the thing. There's more to the story. I thought that was it. I was like, I was like, okay. So tell me, what is it like to work with Francis Ford Coppola? Yeah, and he was like, he was like, he just makes shit up in the middle. Like he'll just like <laughs> randomly throw stuff out there. And apparently, when he first showed up to their production office, his phone wasn't working. And okay. So one of the PAs. I'm just him. like Francis Ford Coppola. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, one of the PAs helps him with his phone, and you know he's you know an eighty-something-year-old man, so yeah. he's going to have issues with his phone anyway. <laughs> well, apparently he really took this interaction to heart because they were shooting one day, and he calls up the production office and he asks for this production assistant by name, and it was like, "I need this person to set right now," and they're like, um, "Why?" And he's like, "No, I need him to set right Only now." Only him. So this guy comes to set, and they're shooting this scene, and. Coppola's like, I need you. You're a really smart guy. You help me with my phone. I need you to help make up something about nanoscience right now. What? <laughs> so he pulled him into. He's like, you know cell phones. You got to know some nanoscience. Help me juice the scene up. <laughs> That's like somebody coming to me and being like, you've wrestled in a match before, right? And I'd be like, yeah. And they're like, what do you know about medieval combat? <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. What weaponry would they use on the front lines? Uh, sir, I'm happy to help. I think they used uh, a swinging mace. Oh, you're right. He knows. That's incredible that Francis Ford... But see, I also think that someone like him who's dealt with all sorts of people, not just in Hollywood, but in life and all sorts of things. And, you know, we trust our filmmakers now as sort of more of a priest figure to give us perspective on things that we don't understand more so than we trust a lot of other people. I bet he really saw something special in that person and brought them in anew. And I bet they lived up to the challenge. Sometimes being put on the spot is the best way to find out what you really know. Going back to that Zen thought of always knowing the correct decision to make. Francis Ford Coppola trusted that this was the person. Mm -hmm. This was the person who's coming in Mm -hmm. who can help me. Wow. Should we go try to find them? They got to be pretty close by. They have to be. If they're coming to your vape stop. Yeah. Because we're close. Again, this is like the chicanery of movies. It's set in New York. Well, of course, but... Have you seen the tax rates around here and the money they'll get back for filming in Georgia? Made in Georgia? You see that at the end of all those shows. Made in Georgia with the little peach. You know? Mm-hmm. It's, we are Hollywood. Yeah, Don't we, let Hollywood fool. Really. Hollywood is there to exist because people want to visit Hollywood. This is Hollywood. Welcome to Atlanta. I need an agent, Peter. I thought it would be a little easier. I heard something different. I don't need an agent. No, no, no. I, my brain oh. melted for a second. I need an agent. There. Okay. And it's not been as easy as I thought. And I have to go hunting. So we are marking here. This is, we're, I'm going to say it out loud. It's hard for me, Peter, to say it out loud because I like things given to me. All right. I want you to see the value in my skill and just come to me. Right. I want to attract you in with my skill so I don't have to ask for it. Because I think, like a vampire, I want you to have to ask me to come in. I'm not asking to come in. Right. But we are going to start making the moves because I feel like I'm missing out on making a positive interaction with the future of media by not being a part of this. I'm getting an agent. What do you think, Peter? What's your first initial thoughts here? That's a good idea. It's a good idea. That's a good idea. Yeah. And then I'll be like, hey, come over here. We're doing this Francis Ford Coppola movie <laughs> instead of the production. I'm going to come in. I can, I can dream. Can't I dream? Nick Cage, hit me up. I'm, I've got ideas for Ghost Rider 3. He gets a sidekick called the other Ghost Rider, and it's me. Can we do Ghost Rider 3? Whoa. Whoa. But maybe he figures out that 
uh, it's like Stranger Than Fiction, and I'm the author that's writing his story. What if it was a sequel to Adaptation? I don't think they should sequel that. Should they sequel that? <laughs> I don't not. think they Probably should sequel not. that. Uh, before I get too far in the weeds here, I do want to, I do want to take a moment. This is a big moment. Uh, I've waited. It feels like infinity. I've waited infinity for my return to Pandora. Now, Peter, Thursday night, the opening night, and I told you I wouldn't do this. The opening night, I went to see Avatar: Way of the Watar. And it was, Peter, the most magical experience of my life. Okay? Did I ever think after seeing Avatar 1 in 3D with all my buddies in, what, 2008, that, that I would be returning to Pandora at the ripe age of 32, a wrestling superstar, a global icon, a podcast champion, and uh, uh, gay as fuck? I didn't know. Think of how much has changed since I've been on the island of Pandora or the planet of Pandora. Okay. I've graduated from high school, or maybe I did just graduate from high school. I went to college. You were 08 as well. I was 08. Yeah. I ran a company for almost eight years and took it from making roughly half a million to making almost $3 million a year. I toured the world as a wrestler. And now I've returned to Pandora. I want to just, I don't want to spoil anything for y'all. But the plot is so good. And here's what I'm really going to focus on. A lot of people say James Cameron, he's a little abusive in his tactics. But then everybody gets out of it, kind of Stockholm Syndrome, and they're like, he's the most amazing person mm -hmm. to work with ever. But then you have someone like Kate Winslet. All right, Kate Winslet has a history and became a star because of Titanic and could almost say that her whole career. Did you know they are putting out a short film are based around the fact that James Cameron did an experiment to see if both of them could survive on the plank, on the door. And they couldn't. And they couldn't. We proved it. Yeah. So we got we we to lay see, off of James Cameron. They're all, we're also getting a Tar short film? What we're getting fuck? a Tar short film. I'm so excited. Uh, I, can't, I can't wait to see what we're going to get more gleaned from the Tar universe. I imagine this will take place before the downfall of Tar. Spoilers. But we'll see where it puts. But maybe she's at her lowest even, and she's going even lower. It's called the fundraiser from the Tar Universe. The uh, TCU, as we're calling it, the Tar TCU. Cinematic Universe. I've heard the sequel, Tar is going to space with Tom Cruise, but he's playing his character for Mission Impossible. Have you seen the clips for Mission Impossible yet? I'm going to try and keep virgin eyes on those because but I But they're love... not clips of the film, Peter. That's fine. Here's can I just describe one to you? I guess. All right. Here's me doing it. I love it. Mission Impossible. Oh, I do like too. I do too. This is why like we haven't thrown Tom Cruise out is because every time we think we're done with him, he makes a sick movie. Yeah. I still haven't seen Top Gun Maverick and it made 1.5 billion dollars. Uh I'm waiting to see it. I'll wait till I'm Republican, right? <laughs> That's what I'm waiting for as well. <laughs> it hasn't exactly hasn't run out to go see that one. I always sure thought I would good. hit, you know, all my friends who were, ended up being kind of Republican, they were like, you'll hit a repuberty, which is where you like your conservative values crystallize within you through hatred and lack of, of your adult life. But luckily, I haven't <laughs> lost empathy. I yet. hate that. Repuberty. Yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> um, what was I getting at with this? Oh, Top Gun Mount. Okay, so here's the first clip I saw of any footage of Mission Impossible. Hey, everybody! We're on this side of Mission Impossible. Dead right. Shot. 
and he's just screaming. And then he just jumps out of a plane and the camera follows him while he's still putting over that they're filming this movie in South Africa. And then he hits his parachute. It's not even for a movie scene. They just promotionally threw him out of a plane. This is like the biplane where he was talking about movies and he's see you at the movie because you can't really understand them. (laughs) And then I thought to myself with Tom Cruise in this situation, because he's obviously in the air a lot. I've seen two clips from this. He's had a parachute on both times. All right. He's in the air. Maybe he'll learn how to fly at the end. That's the big twist. How does Tom Cruise keep his fucking voice intact? How does Tom Cruise keep his voice from going when the only way he can communicate in Top Gun, in Mission Impossible, and all these movies is when he is just screaming at the top of his lungs with headphones on? I can't keep my voice after a weekend, Peter. I can't. I yell so much, and I'm not even in the sky in a parachute trying to communicate. I can't understand it. I want to say, I don't want to spoil it. I don't want to spoil the movie. But I have to discuss something that's really been weighing heavily on my mind about Avatar 2, Way of the Watar. Now, we see the family of Jake Sully taken to extremes, running from the newly founded uh, Avatar humans who've come back after their death. Uh, Vin Diesel visited the set with James Cameron for two days. If you open up the IMDb of Avatar 2, Way of the Water, Vin Diesel is listed without a character. Now, I'm going to spoil a little bit here, Peter, but I want to say it. I think Vin Diesel voiced the whales. All right? There's a there's a whale that the more I think on it is very Vin Diesel. He's an outcast whale. He's been through a lot. He's fighting for his family, and he's misunderstood. I think, uncredited, Vin Diesel is the outcast whale. And let me tell you, the most joy I've felt in a theater in a very long time is when he starts talking to the whale and they look at the whale, and then the whale makes a sound and subtitles hit. Oh, yeah, on Pandora, we've learned to talk to our whales. There are some really intense scenes. It is a three-hour film. But I got to the end of the movie, and I said, what did this movie have or not have? What did Avatar 2 not have that I seek in cinema? It had Sigourney Weaver as a 14-year-old spiritual girl. It had villains. We hated humans by the end of it. It had brutal animal hunting, beautiful scapes, funny moments, family togetherness, love, romance, whale talking. I can't think of one thing that this movie doesn't have except for Kate Blanchett as one of the avatars. Yeah. Avatar 3, I'm asking. Did you hear about Edie Falco? She's in this movie. And she didn't she thought she didn't it came know. out. She said I thought it came out and did horribly. Oh my god, it's out. Oh my god. This is incredible. I mean, there were so many interviews with the cast and like other movies that they were doing. They're like, "So, how, how was Avatar?" And they're like, uh, "That still hasn't come out yet." I'm confused. We did that five years ago. Why are we still talking about this movie? It's been ages. Don't you want to talk about anything else? I mean, I told you this, but James Cameron had to reach out to the government of New Zealand to get permission to film because one of the actors was aging too quickly. And he was like, it's not going to match our boys getting older. Please let them get out. We have to get them out. I know He's it's becoming COVID. a man very quickly. I'm James Cameron. Uh, I will say too, and this is where we get a little dark, but I just want to say that Avatar Way of the Water and Avatar have done wonderful things for growers. Okay. And you know exactly what I mean, Peter. You just gave me the look. They wear the smallest loincloths 
I have ever seen. And a lot of people are going, no, they don't have they don't have genitals because avatars fuck with their ponytails. Let me clear this up. They do? On Pandora, the Navi can connect their ponytails for an intimate experience. But that is an intimate experience of the mind. They still have sex to reproduce and for a different kind of pleasure. But imagine fucking with your ponytails connected. That's got to so be the craziest of all. The hair is just oral? Is that... It's like kind of, stuff. but it's not, there's not a sexual element to the ponytail connecting, even though it looks so sexual, because that's how they ride their animals and how they connect to their spirits and how, just wait till you see how they connect to they're the whales. They're more evolved than we are. They're far more evolved than us, and they've evolved past the need of constant sexual nature. But what I'm getting at is, these loincloths are so small, and they're kind of swinging through the trees, they're in the water, they're going around. There is nothing there, pal. And I think a lot of men came to that theater and said, you know what? If the avatar, if Jake Sully can live as a human and then become an avatar, and even though he's eight feet tall, have just a micro penis, that's fine. And I applaud James Cameron for bringing awareness to the fact that you can be a brave warrior. You can be an ultimate protector of your family, a savior of the planet without having a huge soft dick. And so thank you, James Cameron, for showing the world that just a little bit of loincloth is enough. And you're not going to feel embarrassed at all. And even if you're the strongest Navi warrior, a king of the battlefield, the the queen of the reefs, you're not going to mind that your avatar husband has a tiny little dangle under his loincloth. You don't care because we're past that. We're mature. And this is how we live in nature and how we become one. You need to listen to the James Cameron blank check. Yeah? yeah. Okay, I'm in. Yeah. You really, I, it really helped on this drive. And as we continue, I'm trying I to am, skip over. I've been secretly working to turn you into a blankie all year long, and it's finally it finally worked. worked. I got to the point where I ran out of Dateline episodes and murder podcasts, and I was like, I'll listen to something a little more jovial. And I was hooked, brother. <laughs> I was hooked. And I just listen. I like hearing people just talk about films like this, where they're allowed to just keep getting into stuff and asking yeah. weird questions. Because sometimes when I watch movies, and I love him, I love Benny, AJ, whatever you call him, with all my heart. But his, whatever you call him, he's very surface level on a lot of films, yeah. and he'll admit it. He's like, I like bad movies. Last night, guess what we watched in bed together? He said, I want to watch a Christmas movie. I said, Which Christmas movie do you want to watch? He said, Bad Mom's Christmas again. I. I, we've seen it. We saw Bad Mom's Christmas in the theater. And to see the difference of filmmaking and care towards film uh, between someone like a Kubrick and a whoever made Bad Mom's Christmas, yeah. guess what? He was just as excited and he wouldn't have sat through The Shining. So this you can't judge what people this like true. because it's val in his mind, Bad Mom's Christmas, probably a top film. Have you seen Doctor Sleep? Yes. Have you seen the director's cut of Doctor no. Sleep? Watch the Do I need to go to the director's cut? Yeah. Okay, I'm in. I I really enjoy Doctor Sleep it's more than weird I should. That you would be like, this movie needs to be longer. It does it need does. to be longer, though. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff they. I feel like they don't always get to. But also, I remember watching Doctor Sleep, and I was in the living room, and he was like, "What are you watching?" And I was like, "I'm putting on Doctor Sleep," and he's like, "Let me know when it's done." And he kept coming in and checking, and he's like, "See, this is weird." And I was like, "I know, <laughs> I know, it's weird." All right, I gotta pee. Saturday morning, I actually got a little bit of sleep uh, before I got to take off. I drop off the car, I go to the airport, and if you're wondering, on 2022, December 17th, where was Effie if they're asking me in a court? I was in airports or airplanes all fucking day. My first flight takes off. It's a long flight to Charlotte, North Carolina. And when I land, and I don't want to spend too much time here because it's just a long day of travel. I land, and my flight is delayed three hours to Atlanta. Now, from Charlotte to Atlanta... 
it is three hours. I could be getting to Atlanta by the time it takes off, but I would have to rent a car. I'd have to go back to the airport. I'd have to probably mart a home. I don't want to do all this. So I'm just going to wait it out. But at this point, you're like, my whole day is spent in this airport. I'm very sick of this. This isn't fun. I end up getting home at midnight 30. What's the longest you've spent in an airport? Probably a, uh, like a single. Four days in Amsterdam. That's great. I've never kid. gone that far. I think like a full day would be my limit. You were like in the airport the whole time? Yeah. Holy shit. It was like visa shit, other other things happening in yeah. the world. It was where, because sometimes they go, oh, you're coming from Africa? Hold on, buddy. Hey, we're going to have to check a couple things real quick just to make sure. It's way it gets the world is so racist just when like regular travel. Yes. And I say this as a, a white American who has never had my bag even opened going into another country. There's some racism going on. Yeah. Uh, just because I'm a positive beneficiary of their racism does not mean it is not racist as shit. But I'm very glad they didn't look through my bag. <laughs> um, I land in Charlotte. I eat a full plate of barbecue. Now, I want to say this. This is. A medium, a medium hot take, but it is great. There's a Chick Fil A because we've had a lot of hot, hot. Have we? Lately. I don't even remember. Is it the soft dick Avatar hot take? Is that what it was? Oh uh, no, I, I, I like James Cameron's idea that as humans evolved, right. we'll all be growers, not showers, and I yeah. think the world will be much more. Well, peaceful. James Cameron also understands that when the humans split and half of us became humans and half became dolphins, that we lost the need for a lot of these things, and the dolphin's body is sleek. They hide their penile unit until it's time to use it. But they are one of the only species, much like us, who use it for business and pleasure. So me and James Cameron know a lot about dolphins. He's been down there. We need James Cameron to make the John Lilly biopic. Yeah? You think so? Yeah. Taking acid, fucking dolphins, the whole thing. It could be real dark. And I don't think it would have the same uh, groundswell of support. Didn't he overdose on ketamine? I don't know. I don't know the end story of this. It was. It got I've heard dark the fun for him points. At the end. Yeah, uh, things do get. Dark. It was all fun and games when they were just jerking off dolphins and <laughs> taking LSD. It makes me think of Hank Hill. Poor Hank Hill had a rough time with the dolphins. But I'm of the true belief now that yeah, the dolphins are our cousins. Uh, I don't know how to talk to them. I wish I could. I would worship a dolphin. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. Keep thinking about those Avatar whales. Holy shit, dude! Those Avatar whales are sickening sickening Kate Winslet has some really intense scenes with those whales it just I can't stop thinking about it I was listening to the soundtrack all weekend Mm. all right here's where we're gonna say the negative of Avatar the negative is I believe in good faith and I'm saying this as a white man about another white man that James Cameron has tried to approach all aspects of his film that reference certain indigenous properties that we would recognize you know the way they do the music the way they dress the way they camp um in a respectful way. But I'm also of the understanding that it's a bunch of white people with island tribal tattoos, even though they're blue now. So it's kind of, there's kind of a balance of that. Um, the music is beautiful. The guy he got to do this soundtrack, it is gorgeous. I listened to it on the plane. Very peaceful music. He did great there. But I will say this. Um, it, it It's... There's a you you have a little bit of questioning like if Taika Waititi had done this film and had the elements of indigenous society and he is from sort of the uh, is he's a New Zealander right yeah. and they you know they have the Maori there and they have sort of that build 
I don't know if I trust James Cameron's belief on it, but it does seem from top to bottom, there are parts of this film where you look at it and you go, he didn't have to do all that. Right. He does all that every time. So you kind of right. have to trust that like, there must be some sort of respect here at least. And when you hear James Cameron speak Navi, you're like, he's trying his best because it's still just a white guy making weird sounds. And you're like, this is, should be offensive, but I guess he's created an entire planet and culture for this. So we'll kind of just let him do this weird click uh, language he's come up with. Kind of strange. I he has this weird ability to operate in an aggressive way that just seems wrong, and then you see what he comes up with, and you go, "This works." Yeah, it's kind of back to like the Stockholm syndrome thing of like all these. Kate Winslet says she'd never work with him again. Yep. This has turned into the Avatar Two podcast, uh, and now she's back, and he's like, "Let me torture you some more. Hold your breath for seven minutes." Yeah. And she's like, "I can do it," and everybody leaves, and like he's he's incredible. And maybe, everyone might just be working out their daddy issues with it's James true, Cameron. But also, I think James Cameron has not evolved with the workplace in America. And now the workplace in America is a little more sensitive. And in a lot of ways, that's fantastic. But like, I don't, I don't think James Cameron's doing anything that like your boss in 1994 wouldn't have been getting away with. Right. It's just when it's James Cameron and there's this much money involved, the HR is a little more slack. You yeah. know, James Cameron's screaming again. Well, he's James Cameron, so. He did just get back from the bottom of the Mariana Trench where he visited the Dolphin Empire, right? <laughs> I mean, they made the the rap t-shirts that they made for the Abyss said, life's an abyss and then you die. I get it. We visited the Abyss set. We discussed that here, but it is now kind of run down. But it was just a series of like water tubes where they were filming this thing. Pretty crazy stuff. I got home really late. And then the next day I woke up, took AJ to a birthday party, dropped him off. Uh, and then drove to North Carolina. And that drive is four and a half hours, I think, Yeesh. straight up 85. But I was very excited because whenever I get to get in a car and drive to the show, especially in the Carolinas regions, Georgia, that kind of area, it helps me remember that I've been doing this a very long time. A very long time. And not as long as some people, you know, Honky Tonk Man, I'm sure, has been doing it longer. I hope, I hope to kind of be done by that point. But maybe not. Maybe I'll just keep wrestling. I don't know. Uh, it, it, it's very nostalgic, in a sense, to drive to these shows. I will say lately, I've been doing these shows, and this is no offense to anyone, where I'm not there very long, and I'm kind of really getting into it. Uh, it makes it more of a destination. Like, Effie's only here a minute. you got to go see him. Like, I'm not going to be hanging out all night like a zoo exhibit. Uh, I got to the show. show it was in less than an hour. I had a sick fucking match. I want to get his name right. We might have to clip around this a little because he's extreme or hardcore, but the promotion is extreme. Maybe he's hardcore. <laughs> Let's find out. Hold on. Somebody's extreme. Somebody's hardcore. Somebody's extreme. Somebody's hardcore. Well, I want to talk about my love for Andre's giant panda. Andre's of the giant panda. Yeah. We watched wrestling on Monday Night Raw. Mm -hmm. This was your first time You're doing a Monday Night Raw me with a me. Wrestling fan, oh, it's no. gonna probably be only Giant Panda matches for a while here. But I was at work last night, cackling, watching Giant Masked Panda fight regular. Oh yeah, they had a panda battle. Yeah, it was a panda battle, and then I watched another one where it was a female panda that was like real mean, angry eyes, just like beating the shit out of this wrestler i love this and then andres comes out and it's obvious that like the things have not been okay at home like, yeah there's, yeah 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 there's she, some issues she she hits him immediately and then her lover comes in with flowers 
What? And it just kind of ended there. I love the creativity of this. I love that we're letting the giant pandas wrestle, follow their dreams. There were three giant pandas in the ring. <laughs> Where are they getting these giant I panda don't know. suits? Where can I get a giant panda suit? And they keep the 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 female one had so much agility that the panda suit didn't matter. Like the 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 rate at which they were moving was absolutely incredible. I think the female pandas are are faster in a sense because okay. they have to get away from those bamboo thieves. You know, this is true. The men are stealing their bamboo. I fought Thomas Extreme for the Hardcore Championship at Extreme World Wrestling. Now that's not as absurd as a giant panda fighting, but it was pretty insane. And this year, it's like. I sort of I've come in I come into situations sometimes where people are like, What what is he gonna do? Like what's going on? And I forget sometimes about the legacy of my hardcore wrestling and how I'm kind of a psychopath. Uh I will say one of the wrestlers after the match stopped and was like, Are you okay on that? And I was like, Oh my god, you fucking mark. Holy shit, learn the tricks. And it's that sort of like it's the forty mile or vet attitude of like Back in my day, we'd do better business than that and not have to hurt ourselves. And I was like, back in what is your day? No one knows who you are. No one knows who you are. Junkus, I dressed up as me. Calm down, young man. I know how to take a pile driver. Uh, it was a crazy match, but spoiler alert, I'm the extreme champion now. I mean, the hardcore champion. I took the hardcore championship from Thomas Extreme at Extreme World Wrestling, and I used Christmas ornaments. Now, here's a fun part. I used these Christmas ornaments, bashing them all over him. They were still... In my ass the next day. I got oh out of the car God. when I got home Sunday night, and they had fallen like from my pants. And I was like, oh, boy. I like didn't even notice they were still stuck in my ass. I guess they didn't hurt that bad, but I did have Christmas ornaments stuck in my ass for a minute. Merry Christmas to you and Merry to all Christmas. a good night. Uh, this is our Christmas episode. I also beat the shit out of Thomas Extreme. And in the end, I was able to take that championship. Now, I sat at the merch table for a second. Monroe, North Carolina. I get it. It's hard. Christmas. And then I packed my shit up and I drove four and a half hours straight home. Straight home, Peter. To explain to people that my job is a lot of times a 12-hour shift with a 15-minute break, but the break is where I do my job. You've got to be at work for 12 hours. You can be on break for 11 hours and 45 minutes. For 15 minutes, you're going to do your job. A lot of people would be like, if I only had to work for 15 minutes, that's so easy. Well, you have to be still at work all day. And then you have to literally expel every ounce of energy and charisma and and throat yell and character out of your body in that 15-minute period. It's kind of insane. Plus, teleportation doesn't exist yet, so it's not like you can just show up. Dude, if I could be at the house and be like, let me go run this match, and then I teleport back in, yeah. and I'm like kind of bloody, and I'm like, I'm going to go shower. What a miracle. But sometimes you just have to have uh, Christmas ornaments in your ass while you drive home four hours and listen to them talk about, you know, Eyes Wide Shut. Pretty incredible episode. Eyes Wide Shut's a great film if you haven't seen it. But I would like to see, now that we've opened up the planet of Pandora, let's start setting other smaller films in the world of Pandora amongst these bigger stories. You know, you can have a big action movie and then also have a smaller story of, uh, you know, home betrayal. I want to see the Navi version of Marriage Story. You know, Scarlett Johansson, Adam Driver as avatars fighting, hitting the wall of their uh, encampment, you know, figuring out what works for them and their relationship and how moving on can feel, you know, a bit a bit like a stab, even though you knew it was coming. You saw the knife the whole time. I want Citizen Kane with Navi. 
Ro- Rosebud was his uh, the the first animal he ever flew with. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, we're getting deep here. Welcome to the Navi Cinematic Universe. Turner Classic Navi movies could be lit. Could be great. Twelve Angry Men with Navi. I want to oh see their God. courtroom setting. Let me see how they I deal want, with. Uh, um, the coffee is for closer scene, but it's Alec Baldwin as a Navi. Whoa, that'd be incredible. Up on his legs with his tail whipping around. Navi, Glengarry, Glen Ross. Avatar. We're ready for Avatar. Yes. Leading the Avatar Navi Orchestra. What kind of instruments do you think they play? You know what I mean? Can we do Gladiator? Oh, Gladiator <laughs> with the Navi Gladiators. Yeah. But I just imagine Kate Blanchett I just being want like Joaquin to be a Navi. I've been the first woman head maestro of the Navi forest, and I'm going to take the position as the first woman maestro of the Navi reef systems, and I won't be stopped. And she keeps. What about Friday the Thirteenth? Like a horror film yeah. with the Navi. I think there's a lot of horrible creatures too. Can someone get a, get us in touch with James Cameron? I'm sure someone that listens to this podcast knows him. Well, I I don't want to spoil anything here, but <laughs> if you see on our Patreon, we do have a new subscriber to the Patreon, James C. I'm not going to say anything further than that, but it is awesome to have you on board. So awesome to hear the stories. If you steal any of my fucking life stories to make a movie, please at least let me audition. James Cameron's The Cricket is going to come out next year. Dude, James Cameron's The Cricket. Is Robert Redford dead? Or did he just retire? I need to turn Siri back onto my phone because this would be more impactful yeah. if I was like, I got to hey, put Siri. Siri on my phone now. Uh, here, let me do my impression. This is my impression. <clears throat> Of us making the cricket and me talking about the script on a podcast interview at a later time. Now he's 86. He's still kicking. I knew he wasn't interested in continuing the film acting, but it was a script that had sat with me. And, you know, the more I realized it, the more I had kind of written it with him in mind without ever even without ever even putting words to it. And so when the time came, you know, I, I kind of had to. I kind of had to go prostate to the Lord, as they say. And I said, listen, Robert, I know you're tired, but we can make this work. And a lot of the scenes is, is just you in the lab, seeing the cricket getting built, overseeing this, you know, working in secret, being a man of the public. I, you know, once we kind of went over the opening few scenes, Redford was in. And from there, you know, it was off to the races. You, you, you think it's hard to find money for a film, but when you've got somebody like Robert Redford attached, you know, they were coming to us. It was a bidding war at that point. How was that? Amazing. You feel like you were there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, go. I was trying to give a little more of my I, I'm thinking director uh-huh. voice. Uh, let me. Can, can we see it like this, Robert? I don't want to have you out there too long, but can we, can we see it like this? Here's Robert Redford. I don't know what he sounds like right now off the top of the head, but I'm going to do his voice talking about working with me on our film, The Cricket, uh, which is now up for a Palme d'Or. <clears throat> it uh, wasn't something I understood at first, but once I got to the glean... You know, there's that scene at the end with Karen and, and the man. Uh, I think it says everything right there. And to build the whole story around that, I mean, he's a marvel. Uh, I, c- I couldn't turn a movie like this down. The Cricket is in theaters now. Press 1 to hear listings. Local showtimes. I can't wait <laughs> to be the only person going phone? to see The Cricket. I was doing movie <laughs> phone for a second. Um, the Cricket is going to come out soon. Probably first to VOD, and then we'll rip it off of VOD because we got a better uh, distribution deal. Then they'll put it on HBO Max for four days and then rip it off of HBO Max. Be ready for that. Peter, I had so much fun with you streaming. 
It was amazing. It you know when you stream as often as I do, and especially when we do like I do media check ins as I call them of various platforms every single week. It, you know exactly where I am every single week and what I'm doing every single week. So sometimes it can feel a little stagnant just to pick matches, but I think you help me see the joy in the absurdity of wrestling again. Sometimes when you're in the wrestling world, there are thoughts and minds of wrestling that I don't agree with, but when you're around them enough, you start to kind of get uh, tricked into it. Stockholm Syndrome, again, a big uh, part of this episode. I'm tricking you right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to get Lucy. Lucy's to having stop fun today. Licking. Yeah, she is having a. You got to just let her lick me. Oh my god! That's like it's the only way. It's the only way to get through this. You let the girl lick. Um, what the fuck was I saying? Peter? I don't know. It doesn't matter what I was saying. The streaming. Yeah, you get in the mindset of like, oh, wrestling as sport is the valid way of wrestling. And then you realize nobody likes that shit. And then the people who aren't watching wrestling that would give money to wrestling would enjoy that shit even more. You're going like, no, no, these guys are idiots. These are these are big dummies. I often feel like I have to like still prove myself a little bit in some of the wrestling skill I show off. But now, having you on the stream, I'm not going to do a single move the rest of the year. Good thing I only have two matches left <laughs> for this year. Rounding the bend. It's Christmas this weekend, and then the 30th, I will be at Restival for Blitzkrieg Wrestling. Now, Bryce of the Shook Crew has broken his hand, Bobby Orlando. It's now a handicap match. It's one-on-two. You got to face Bussy alone. Don't get don't get lost in Bussy, as they say. And then the 31st, I don't exactly know what I'm doing yet, but I will be in uh, Atlantic City, New Jersey at the Showboat, New Year's Eve, a place I have often haunted. And then uh, New Year's Day, the one-year anniversary of me getting Jeff Jarrett over, we will not be repeating that in this uh, in this current day and age. I'm not hinting at anything. I don't want Jeff Jarrett around me. <laughs> if I see him, I'm having him removed from the building. Security, secure me. It's going to be a beautiful year, 2023. We've reflected on a lot of things. We I had have. to regroup a bit. But regrouping is necessary. Here's the thing, Peter. I have to remind myself. No one's no one's done what I've done. There's not a blueprint. I don't get to go to a class of someone that can tell me what the next step is. There's no steps set, and I like having no steps set because I get to decide the steps, but I also have taken on deciding the steps, which is in itself a task. So we're going to decide where we spend our time. We're going to make the best of it. We're going to put hard effort in. We're going to bring positivity to the world, and I'm going to keep fighting as Effie uh, as I enter my ninth calendar year of being paid to do this. That's crazy. I think that I think what you just touched on there is the secret to life. No one has done what you are doing before. Everyone has a specific something that they are doing right. and looking to other people. While it is nice to get confirmation that you're doing something that may potentially work. Who would confirm? It doesn't. Uh, Who's going to confirm? You know, it's only you are going to confirm yourself, yeah. which is the ultimate point of the whole thing. When I was still working a full-time job and started getting flights to places, it was very strange because I wasn't someone who had been at a TV wrestling company. I wasn't someone who had shown up or like had a previous career doing this and formerly known as I was just sort of this like weird outside creature coming in and being gay as fuck and wrestling and doing all sorts of things. Whatever you ask me, someone asked how I got into hardcore and deathmatch wrestling. I said, when you become an actor, they say the first word you should learn is yes. Can you do this? Yes. Can you speak in a French accent? Yes. Do you know how to ride a motorcycle? Yes. That's how I got into hardcore yeah. wrestling. At, at a point in your career where you're starting to get opportunity, you're like, yeah, well, fuck, I bet I could do that. And then you find out you're pretty good at some of the stuff. You don't do all of it again. 
Uh, but now to look back, it is a different mindset that I have in wrestling, but I try not to forget all the things I've already overcome and accomplished in this business because it is kind of marvelous. The top kiss list of the year remains the same. You've got two more shows to break the top five. <laughs> me, me and Ali think Bobby Orlando got hot, so we're trying to goad him into kissing us. That's really He's funny. not. I think he might be into Ali, but sometimes, I, you know, if they're into Ali, they're probably not into me, and if they're into me, they're probably not into Ali. But if you're into both of us, you're right. You're ready. I think uh, Matt Healy from the 1975 has been secretly watching your matches and is now kissing everyone on the entire planet. Uh, and it, I think it's your fault. It clicked with me, though, of what exactly he's doing. Okay. All right? So, as this, and I haven't seen the whole concert, and I feel like I would click with this better if I saw it. The comfort level that he is giving, kissing the people, you know, touching the people, letting them dance on him, taking his shirt off, eating the meat, and then he's in the living room set up that his band is playing on, I think he's letting us know that we're entering his home. We are entering his space. He is the God and Lord of this space. He will act in it as he will. You ever seen a businessman get home from work and somebody's friend is over or somebody's there or like you're over at your friend's house and his dad is home and he just like takes the tie off and throws the belt on the floor and kicks his shoes and you're like, whoa, I've always seen him like really together but now he's like in yeah. his space. Matt Hilly is reminding us that we are in his space and he's still checking IDs, which I think is valiant, especially at a 1975 show where I've been to their concerts before. I was the oldest person there and one of the few men there mm -hmm. and uh, all the rest of the guys, we were interested in the same thing, which wasn't just like the sonic soundscapes, but it was like, look at him, he's sweating. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, I think it's fun to put a spin on things like that and I have a certain comfort level in a professional wrestling ring where I've joked before of like the ritual and ceremony of me entering the ring, getting up to my feet, snapping my neck and letting him in, you know, as they say, uh, that's where I feel the absolute most comfortable. I'm a ball of nerves around, you know, the show and I'm doing this and I'm still, I'm fun. I'm jovial, but I want it to be good. I want it to be there until I see my feet in that ring. And then I'm like, Oh, this is my house. I'll do whatever I want. And there is that comfort level of watching me wrestle where I'm not like in my head completely. I hope he, I hope he does copy that comfort level because performing art, when you are completely comfortable in a room of people and you go, I can do whatever I want. I want it to be good, but I can do whatever I want. Uh, Matt Healy, it's a freedom. It's magic. And I'm proud of you. I'm so mad. I missed that concert. I know I am too, but it doesn't, I don't think we would have gotten the, it seems that he's coming more unraveled yeah. as the concerts go on. Well, I'll see. I, he, I'll, he got a tattoo okay. during one. Yeah. He started, during the show? Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. Uh, he, they, my favorite thing on the internet right now, and like, even if you're not into them, it's really fun to read through their set list because you're just like, what the fuck is going on? In this what are y'all doing? Yeah, exactly. Um, Hang on, it's so funny. Are they listing this out in the yes, set list? Yes, they really are. Oh no. Um hang on, I sent this to Will. Will, I love you. Oh, they also make um croc vans now. Whoa. And they're made of the material? Mm-hmm. Oh. I bet you can just wipe them right down with a magic eraser. That's what he that's what the guy was telling me that was wearing them. Yeah, you can't keep those shoes all clean and white on a dirty old stage. You're a baby. You're a baby. Bebop uh -huh. misses you. He's getting tubby. Bebop's getting tubby and he misses you. But Daddy likes him tubby. Uh -huh. So has listed. Uh, um, this song was played twice so he could finish getting a tattoo. <laughs> I know, Lucy. Well, good for him. You know, 
you hear from a lot of celebrities later about like, oh, you did these tours, you did this, and they're like, oh yeah, but I wasn't, you know, I was so nervous the whole time. I was this. I'm glad he has that full comfort level, and to do it on an arena tour, it'd be one thing if he was just like in a two thousand person, you know, theater. It's still sick. Yeah. But to have an arena full of people watching you get tattooed or make out or he, eat raw meat. The tattoo that he got just says, I'm a man. Well, <laughs> I guess he's letting us know. Pronouns, pal. Let's go. Turn up. Uh, do you want to do questions? I want to do so many questions. Patreon.com slash Weekend at Effies. We keep putting it over, First but it's off, our only ad read here. First off, open this. Open this envelope. Okay, I'm opening an envelope here. We are only taking questions from the Patreon right now. It's a benefit. They got Weekend at Benny's two weeks early. Oh, this is already magic. All right, so this one's for Peter, and this one's for F-E-A-J. Are we going to hold these up? Oh, my gosh. Look at this. I'm not letting anyone else see it but myself right now. Okay, so Rick from the Patreon uh, sent this to it. Rick! These prints are from his wife. Who, These are... Oh, my God. Uh, her Instagram is Caitlin McCarthy Art. We're going to... I'll have a link in the... These are seriously These are gorgeous. gorgeous. Look at this darkness here. Oh, Oh, that's going up in the bathroom. So thank you so much, Rick and Caitlin. Like, oh, my goodness. Rick and Caitlin, this is so gorgeous. What a fun Christmas. Look at that. Give me the babe, the babe with the power. He definitely didn't follow David Bowie and Labyrinth did not follow the Navi grower not shower bit. Um, I'm passing you yours, but I want to. I want to get a peek. Oh my! Oh, have you seen these yet? I peeked. I peeked. You peeked. These are gorgeous, Rick, and thick too. Oh, and protectedly sent. I will get something up so that we can get. Uh, Get the ability to send us some Wait, more stuff. Is this Midsommar? Yes, Midsommar. Oh my god, that is so. Oh, I know that movie came out right as I was about to break up uh, with oh, my no. fiance of six years, and that movie for me, like a year after it that, I saw the you. director's cut and I laughed the entire time I was watching the movie. It just hit me in like such a different way. Every movie can be a so comedy much, in the right so mindset. So much therapy in that movie, though. Uh, yes. And, you know, in the end, she's still under a certain capture, would be argued by some people. But it is a, ca- it is a capture that she has found importance in, or at least she's not being overlooked anymore. Look at this handsome wolf, man. Oh, it's got to be hard for a wolf to put on a bow tie, right? With his little paws. It's really got to be. That's not easy. That's beautiful. I'm, I've got the card here, too. I'm trying to carefully. Oh, there's one in the card. God. No way. No way. Oh, shit. Bro, it's Krampus. Oh, my. I love him. I am losing my mind right Greetings now. Greetings from Krampus. This is their holiday card. Rick and Caitlin, this is incredible. Caitlin McCarthy. You can follow her on Instagram at Caitlin McCarthy. That's C-A-I-T-L-I-N-M-C-C-A-R-T-H-Y art. Caitlin McCarthy art. Instagram. We're going to post these up. These are beautiful. This is a sickening Krampus. Um... Look at this fucking wizard Santa. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Pai Natal. 
I watched the SNL uh, Christmas collaboration, like, look on the memories. Creepings. Seasons Creepings from the Krampus. Greetings from Krampus. Uh, and there's this scene where John Malkovich is reading the Christmas story or whatever to the children. And he starts talking about, it's it's very John Malkovich, but he goes, uh, Pai Natal is what they call, uh, they call the Portuguese Santa Claus. And if you don't leave out a stick of butter, he's going to come and feast on your toes. And it just cracked me up the way he put it out there. Do we all want to be John Malkovich? Yeah, we do. We want to we want to live in his shoes. What what was he in recently just randomly? Uh there was something and it was a right? big film. It was a big magic film starring the lovely John Malkovich as we hit 1 2 3 4 on the time slot. I oh, did we really? I'm going to be like, That's "Oh funny. yeah." Hold up, let's. We gotta oh get into God. the movies. My house is about to be so beautiful with. Yeah, this, this is fantastic. I'm gonna go buy some frames. I need to get some frames anyway. But now I need more frames. I need more frames. Come on, show me what he was in. Show me what am I thinking of? I don't know. I don't know what we're thinking of. He has a lot coming up though. And he's in something called Mind Cage coming out soon. Mind Cage. It's a mind cage. You live in the mind cage. Your mind is caged. He was in Bird Box. Uh, yeah, not a lot. Not a lot of st- standouts since 2017, but uh, forever a legend, John Malkovich. Uh, we love you. Come on the show, John Malkovich. Come on the what are show. you doing? Let me be you. Let me be John Malkovich. I'll put my hands in your pockets hey. like, like Orange Cassidy, and I'll <laughs> move your little legs around. To eat the Lucy wants the Krampus. Lucy wants the Krampus. Uh, the Patreon video featuring Bill Murray. This is the first Patreon video to feature both Bill Murray and Cole Radrick in the same video uh, ever. So get ready for that. Going to be pretty incredible. That'll go up shortly, but we are taking questions from that Patreon. Rick, thank you for these Christmas presents. Caitlin, thank you for your magic skill. Do we have other questions, Peter? We do. So this is from Rob. Hi, Effie and Peter. Do either of you have a crazy or funny holiday story to share? Also, happy holidays. Happy holidays. Oh, crazy holiday story. I don't know if it's that crazy. I mean, holidays were a little weird for me growing up because my dad would work around them all the time. So it wasn't like he was around to do holiday activities a lot. But I will say that one thing we always did, instead of paying to go to like a... Uh, what do you call it? Like a light drive through thing? He'd be like, what do you, no, man, we're just going to go up to the rich neighborhoods and see what they put up. Oh, we did that too. It's incredible. Yeah. It's the best way to experience yeah. Christmas. And I imagine the people putting up Christmas lights, they want us to come look at it. But I also imagine they probably don't want us putting 911 star in the gate on the, uh, the gated neighborhood to get in. But that does work on almost everyone. We also had, because uh, Fayetteville is like farm area, really, yeah. before, literally now it's movie studios, which is just insane. The new kind of farming. Exactly. Um, the only the only sustenance we can pull from the earth anymore, entertainment. <laughs> Do your dance, son. That's all we got left. Will I be able to eat the dance? No, you're going to starve, son. But you're going to look very fit for television. What a mess. Um, but we there would be like farmhouses where they would just have bought like half a million dollars over the years of Christmas decorations. So you go in, there'd be like the Snoopy section and Whoa. You know, just all kinds of crazy 
You know how growing up there would always be those like local news reports. Maybe you don't, but about like so and so built this crazy Christmas lights for the kids to come visit, and you're like, that's so cool. Or like the Halloween ones, where like they built a haunted house in their house. And now, like as an adult, I'm like, what normal functioning adult? Not that there's even anything creepy with it. Who's just inviting extra? children over to fuck your house up and you got to clean it up maybe i'm just a scrooge maybe i need the ghosts of christmas past no and like i used to do extra halloween decorations for halloween every year when i lived in buckhead but it was because i was trying to get people to get family photo sessions with me oh yeah so i would do like a photo booth in front of the decorations and then they would and then advertise it photos. yeah so there's a little selfish nature to yeah. it i, I would maybe people I are just bored i don't enjoy children i mean yeah, like, in small I, doses i'm not gonna facilitate something for children though. yeah i it's i it's not i like to go into that haunted house that we went to because the, the kids there were as scared as me so there is some mm. benefit to like having the kids around because they're kind of a shield if things go wrong you know in that sense yeah but in the christmas sense you know most of the things you learn that adults like about christmas are not kid-friendly christmas things you know what i mean like they're like uh isn't secret santa where you swap your partners oh you swap the gifts White elephant. I think you're playing it wrong. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, or right. Or right. <laughs> eggnog? People don't like eggnog because it's a creamy egg beverage. They like it because it's got rum in it. That's what I had to learn growing up. Uh, you know what I used to do every Christmas Eve? And acted like my parents couldn't fucking smell it from the other room? I would put, and this is probably, somebody's going to be like, you've ruined your lungs. You're, this is why you're going to die. Put a drop of peppermint oil on a bowl, and I'd smoke the Christmas bowl. And it would give me a minty sensation. Yeah, I know, Peter, as I'm saying this, it doesn't sound that healthy. And I would blow it out the window at my house, and I thought they couldn't smell, but I know they could probably smell the peppermint weed smell coming out of my room. Wow. Am I dead? Am I dying? I mean, when I wouldn't I, do it anymore. When I was like six or seven, my parents caught me eating children's Tylenol in large amounts Whoa. because it had a little bit of grape flavor to it. Little candies. Yeah. You were at least not feeling any pain. No. <laughs> or discomfort. No. But I imagine your liver was probably like, hang they on, bud. When I, they must have been like, ooh, we got to watch this one. He'll just Pop eat pills, pills already. <laughs> <laughs> they, they make me feel good. I feel like electricity, dad. What? Oh, no. He's got a problem. I liked Christmas growing up as a kid because it wasn't widely celebrated where we were. So It's kind of an exotic thing a little bit. Yeah, so we would get together at... Who are, because there they were missionaries. All right, there's a range of missionaries. There's my parents who were like, we're doing everything for God. Everything is running on like the basic line, bottom of the barrel kind of deal. And then there are the missionaries who were like... We're getting a compound. We're going to have some land. We have a satellite dish. We might have a helicopter. It's just like ridiculous bullshit like that where they would really be doing well. Or Like the organization that my parents hooked up with is definitely a cult, so they made you raise all your own money. So everything's kind of on you as far as like how well off you're doing as a missionary. The older I get, though, the more the cult sounds kind of fun. You know, at least somebody's taking care of most of the stuff, right? Yeah. Exactly. So that was a fun part of Christmas is you would go to the rich missionary's house and it would be the big get together of, you know, like a hundred different missionary families. And that was where like all my friends were and everything. And like my best friend growing up had five older brothers. So we would always be going out and getting in trouble. I've been thinking a lot about Christmas this week. Peter and someone said to me uh, that we have to get the Christ out of Christmas and I couldn't get the thought out of my head but all the cool stuff about Christmas 
doesn't involve Jesus. So I'm actually going to stand here today and say, I'm ready to get the Christ out of Xmas. We're going to celebrate. Listen, Peter, you ever heard a Christmas, a Christian Christmas song? Little town of Bethlehem. Oh, come all ye faithful. Uh, the first Noel. These songs fucking suck, Peter. Yeah. Think about the non-Jesus Christmas oh, songs. Oh, come all ye faithful was playing at that uh, secret Santa party you were going to. Yeah? Oh, come all ye faithful? Yeah. Well, that could have been a Mariah Carey version, if you know what I mean. Uh, Santa Baby? I miss when Christmas I songs think, were horny. I think we're like two steps away from starting the cult. Yeah? Because we've already talked about church without Christ. Right. Now we're talking about Christmas, Christmas without, without Christ. Christ. Yeah. I think we're ready to start our non-Christ our Christ non-centric. Hey, cult. hey, hey, man! This isn't a this isn't a cult. This is a collection of friends enjoying activities. If you want to pay your dues now, <laughs> it's a little cheaper to do it at the beginning of the year than to do it month by month. But we do expect uh, we're not. I mean, we're not crazy. We're not asking for ten percent, but nine and a half will suffice. Please tithe. <laughs> Let's answer another question. <laughs> Christmas trees, nothing to do with Jesus, bro. But I will say this: there's one Christian thing that gets to stay. And it's the living nativity. Have you been to a living nativity? Yes. That uh, gets to yeah. stay because it is hilarious. Yes. It's and, so funny. And the Roman soldiers, they always have hot tight bods. They work all year to look and hot, hot tight bods. And hot chocolate. I've always gotten hot chocolate at those. Jesus never tasted hot chocolate. Not no. once in his whole life. But he did smoke a little frankincense, if you know what I mean. I do know. What you mean. All right, we'll go to the next question. Uh, this is from Kylie. Happy holidays and can't wait to hopefully see both of y'all next month. I'm going to send Lucy in my place. Oh yeah. Uh, if she's in, the, oh, if she's in the room, could one of y'all boop Lucy for me and give her pets? Boop. Thanks. She's being pet, petted she's currently on in his lap, lap. Yeah. Right now. She's a big baby. Boop. You're a big boop baby. Uh, all right. This is from Julie. I don't recall if this has come up before, but have either of you attended Dragon Con and, or would you ever? I feel that there is a fandom crossover potential for indie wrestling there, and per that perhaps has not been addressed yet. Also, as a SoCal native, I am curious if Atlanta is affected in the same way San Diego or L.A. are during those big cons. Yes, it was back in late summer, but I forgot to ask back then, and I'm making my 2023 travel plans. So it was on my mind, especially with WrestleMania being in my hometown this year. Wrestling and geeky conventions is why I'm pl planning travel around next year. Yes, plan next year now. Yes. This is the best time to be doing that. Plan it, plan ahead. At the end of the year. Uh, I've never been to Dragon Con. Now, there is wrestling at Dragon Con, but it's cosplay wrestling. So there's a lot of indie wrestlers just dressing up I feel as like characters. I would enjoy that. You would very much enjoy that. But I will say, I got to flex my celebrity this year because AJ was in town. I was off doing some show somewhere. It always falls on like SummerSlam or something nearby. And. I was doing these shows, and luckily, Black Phoenix Alchemy Lab, who hosts my fragrance and beard oil on their website, Daddy by Effie, which you can still purchase. Great holiday gift. It won't be there in what time. What was your fall one that you just put out? Uh, bobbing for Daddies with the apples in it. And then I did a Peach Kiss Daddy at the end of the summer that sold out very quickly. Hope everybody's enjoying their scents. They had a table there, and I hit them up and said, hey, can I get a ticket to DragonCon for my partner? They said, if he'll come hang out at the table for a second. So he came in, hung out at the table, and then got to see everything. They ended up just giving him a pass for the whole weekend. So nice. luckily, my partner got to enjoy DragonCon fully. Uh, but it, uh, 
It hasn't it hasn't happened for me yet. I received a video from your partner, Dragon Con Weekend, in the wee hours of the morning. That was our mutual friend and Bebop's original daddy, oh. Will. Extremely intoxicated. He has a good time at Dragon the Con. Time of his life dancing. That's a guy who knows how to have fun at yes. a Dragon Con. Yes, so proud of Will. I feel like Dragon Con helped Will find a whole new community of people who mm-hmm. like to party and have a good time, but are also like a little fun and nerdy and approachable. He, he makes me uncomfortable with what, <laughs> but the also of substances that he does at Dragon Con. With with Will, we have to remember that like he's a lot younger than us too. You I know? know I forget about we're that old all men, the time. Peter. I know, and unfortunately, like we have the gift of time on our side where we can be like, oh, I know where that's gonna go, but he's yeah. fine. He's good. He has his times once a year. We love Will. Uh, go to Dragon Con. It's a party. I will say, I remember seeing people going to Dragon Con when I was on my way to the airport. Uh, I think that it doesn't mess up Atlanta as bad as people think, but I'm also not getting that close. But we also put it, if you've seen Loki on Disney+, Plus, the building that they have all of the, like, where he keeps meeting all the people and Owen Wilson's there the whole time and he's like, look at this hotel, wow. wow. Yeah, that is where they host uh, a lot of Dragon Con and where a lot of the hotels are. It's a very cool building. It's downtown. It's kind of away from everything. Uh, that I'm near. It used to be way smaller than it is, and I have a feeling that it is, if not already, getting to that Comic-Con Yeah, especially as we try to emulate more and more of L.A., which is apparently what we're doing. We are emulating L.A., but with trees. Trees. Uh, Alec Price this weekend when we got to L.A., he's like, this is my first time to California, and I was like, well, look, they got palm trees, and he's like, oh, shit, bro. He's He's like the most Boston boy you've ever met, and he's just... Taken in California. He loved it. It was beautiful. I like getting to see people's like I've I'm I'm an old calloused man, right? Like I have flown to Los Angeles into LAX too many times. You know who I also saw at LAX when I was walking through? You watch Orange is the New Black? No? You watch the Halo series? Doesn't matter. Pablo Schreiber? He's gigantic. This dude is six five and wide as a door. I didn't think he was that big. He played the creep stash guy on Orange is the New Black, and he's the main master chief in the new Halo series. That dude is gigantic, and his shoulders were as big as my head, and it made me happy to know that he exists in the real world. Pablo. Pablo Schreiber, S-C-H-R-E-I-B-E-R. It's Leave Schreiber's brother. I was about to ask. And so they're both just these giant Schreiber boys who look like Wolverine, because that's the mindset I have now after I've seen Leave Schreiber and Wolverine. But he also had like his kids with him, and he has like three or four kids. The kids are so tiny, but he knew how to just like corral them. I was like, he really is Master Chief. Remember when Sabretooth was just like a little a little gay? He was listen, when you have long flowing blonde hair and a collection of furs, you're a little gay. Yeah. You like my fangs? It didn't it didn't help that it was Hugh Jackman either and it wasn't we weren't into badass Hugh Jackman Wolverine. It was still like theater Hugh Jackman Wolverine. Uh, the greatest showman too. <laughs> yes. He came with that later, but the thing with Hugh Jackman is he's a wonderful... This is really rude of me to do here. You're not supposed to out people, but we all have an idea, Hugh. And he's done the best form of closeting possible, which is to go so far that he makes jokes about the fact that you think he's gay in the closet. Yes. Which is the greatest cover-up of <laughs> yes. all. Yes. I love you, Hugh Jackman. I thought you did great as Wolverine. I don't think you should come back as Wolverine. And I think that... I don't... I, no. 
No one's ever done the Music Man and not sucked a dick before. That's I mean I I can't name one actor who's done the Music Man, been the star of the Music Man in the Broadway musical The Music Man, and not like had one cock in his mouth. Yeah. And we're not judging, but like you know, the Greatest Showman dude. That was the P.T. Barnum made the circus, and he wasn't even that gay. I don't know how gay P.T. Barnum was. He liked trains and elephants and created the circus. That's a homosexual. I'm sorry. It doesn't mean he's good or bad, but like. What if we put a bunch of clowns in between someone walking on a wire? Ooh. Nobody else is coming up with that. <laughs> no. Um, what a what a life, Peter. What do you think of the Barbie trailer? I was so fired up. They didn't really show anything. They kind of gave us just a little, mm-hmm. just a little. Mm-hmm. But I did realize with Greta Gerwig and Noah Baumbach doing the script uh, and the way it was presented as sort of an, an explosion of Barbie. I hope we learn a lot about ourselves. And I hope that they are true to the physical, anatomical Barbies. That's what I'm going to say. For Ken's sake. Just like the Navi. 